0: Praise the Lord. Could we stand to our feet? Thank you. The Lord is so good. Yes. That declaration, the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. I have a real burden this morning that the Lord wants us to catch a very simple message. And that is that everything we declare in here is actually not to be contained in here. It's to go out there. We're going to find some very simple truths from the word of God this morning that if we will accept them and take them and receive them, we will change the world for Jesus Christ. So I'm going to pray right now and I'm going to ask you to just wait on the Lord and just to settle in your hearts that you're going to receive what the Lord will say to you this morning. The Lord's put a scripture on my heart from Psalm 145. I believe it's relevant. I'm just going to refer to it as I pray because the Lord is near to all who call on him. And it's time that your voice was heard for Jesus Christ. So, Heavenly Father, we want to say thank you. And we declare again, you are good. And everything you do is good, Lord. Lord Jesus, it's a privilege to meet together. It's wonderful to come together, Lord Jesus, and to open your word. And to hear what the Spirit is saying to us. Lord Jesus, right now, as we gather unto your word, I pray, Holy Spirit, you would find a home in every heart that your word would penetrate and cut to the heart, that we would be changed. Lord Jesus, your word says that you are near to all who call on him, who call on you in truth, that you fulfill the desires of those who fear you, you hear our cry and you save them. Lord Jesus, my cry this morning is that your word will penetrate every hard heart that every heart will be softened, Lord Jesus, and that, Lord God, we will not look inwards, but we will look outwards with an expectancy that we've never had before. Now, Lord Jesus, let that word settle in people's hearts as we open your word. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. In your Bibles, please, would you turn to the book of Acts in the New Testament, in the first chapter, Acts chapter 1. We're going to read a portion from this chapter, then later on we're going to read some other scriptures still in this book, so you can keep that open before you. I'll refer to other scriptures, I'll give you the references, but primarily I'd like us to stay in the book of Acts this morning. Acts chapter 1, I'm going to read the first nine verses. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach, Until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? Jesus said to them, It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set, By his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid him from their sight. A few weeks ago... I was with you and we read a portion of this passage and I told you that the Holy Spirit came to equip us, to enable us, to empower us and to help us as he sends us out into all the world. That the Holy Spirit didn't come that we would just keep looking inward. He's called us to be his witnesses. And it's very important, and we looked at this, that Uh, We believe what God says about us. You see, a witness doesn't just have a badge that says, I am a witness. They have a corresponding action. A witness has to speak. In a courtroom, if you're called as a witness, you have to stand before a judge, put your hand on a Bible, and promise to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. But you are expected to speak. You can't just stand and say, witness badge. You are expected to speak. Now, God has called us his witnesses. And what God says about us is what counts. In fact, it's the only identity that counts. The identity that we feel about ourselves sometimes is actually not true if God says otherwise. And we looked at Ephesians 2 verse 10, how Paul writes, You are my masterpiece. You are my workmanship, created for good purposes. That the Lord has prepared. See, who we are and what we do are inextricably linked. You cannot separate them out. And what God says about us is what counts. So we looked at some statements about who God said we were. And our faith arose because we agreed with what the Lord said about us. Amen? So when the Lord says, you're a new creation, the truth is that I am a new creation. When the Lord says, you are a son of God, a child of God, I am a child of God. When the Lord says, now you are the light of the world and the salt of the earth, then I think, yes, that's who I am. And when the Lord says, and you will be my witnesses, I don't feel like that. I'm not very good at speaking out. No. The Lord says, you will be my witnesses. And it's his opinion that counts. We've got to believe who we are from the top down. That is from God's heavenly perspective. Too often we uh, will try and lift ourselves up from the gutter and try and talk ourselves up, but it's the wrong way around. When God has proclaimed who we are, we have to put our faith in what he says, not in what Facebook says, not what the news headline says, not in what Instagram, WhatsApp, Snapchat, Twitter feeds, all of that stuff it's not important what the Lord says about us is the only opinion that counts and if he says you're more than a conqueror the truth is this you're more than a conqueror and it doesn't matter how you feel in yourself you have to put your faith in what God says about you lift your head up and go and meet the world that's the truth and we looked at some examples didn't we? we looked at Gideon how the angel of the Lord appears to Gideon who's in hiding and he says the Lord is with you mighty warrior and Gideon tries to talk the angel of the Lord out of it and the sadness about that story is that the name Gideon means mighty warrior and the Lord had to remind Gideon who he was from God's perspective yeah. and this morning I want to pick up from Acts 1 when God says we are his witnesses that's absolutely true and if you're here this morning, think, I'm not very good at speaking out. I'm not very good at sharing my testimony. I suffer from a lack of boldness and courage sometimes. Here's the truth, and I want you to align your faith with what the Word of God says. You will receive power, and you will be my witnesses to the ends of the earth. That's, you are not big enough or special enough to prove God wrong. I've tried in my life to disprove God, and I, I failed every time. I'm just not clever enough. I'm not good enough. His word is true, even for me. I am his witness. Amen? Amen. And in particular, I want to look at one aspect, just one aspect of what witnesses do, and that's simply this. Witnesses speak. Witnesses do other things. Witnesses act. Witnesses demonstrate. But principally this morning, witnesses are called to speak. Through the scriptures... I had a wonderful time this week just looking through the scriptures. It's like a treasure hunt when you can bounce around and the Holy Spirit takes you from one account to another account. And all the way through you find that the Lord is always looking for a man or a woman who will speak on his behalf looking for someone who will stand in the gap, who will stand for righteousness, who will stand up for the name of the Lord, who will speak out. And you can go through from Abraham to Moses to Joshua to Deborah to Esther to Isaiah. It just goes on and on and on and on and on right to here to All Nations Church. And if you're not from All Nations Church, to you. He's always looking for someone, a man. God's principal method is always to look for the person. Sometimes we can get too confused, looking, what's the method? What's the plan? What's the arrangement? And really, God's looking for, who can I send? And who will go for me? And he's looking for the hand of the Isaiahs. who will say, here I am, Lord, send me. Who will speak and who will stand and who will go? Romans 10 says this, how will the people believe if they have not heard? Christians need an outward thrust yeah, amen. without it if we don't have any external opportunity to go and give the gospel we will turn inward very quickly it can become about our needs our problems what we're facing but God has called us to go yeah, that's right. now it doesn't mean we ignore what's going on inside where people are hurting where people need care but I've learned through my life that quite often the road to victory is actually to go and do I don't feel like praising the Lord. Here's what I'm going to do I'm going to praise the Lord. I have this financial need in my life. Here's what I'm going to do. The Word of God says, sow and you'll reap. I'm going to sow myself out of financial problems and the Lord is going to bless me. I'm sick in my body. I don't feel I've got any faith, but the Lord says, lay your hands on the sick and they will be healed. I'm going to go and pray for the sick. Sometimes victory comes in our confession before we see it with our own eyes. You may not feel that you have anything to go with. I want to tell you this morning, you are His witnesses. Yeah, amen. We're not to be looking inward. The Lord wants us out. We have a wonderful city to reach for Jesus Christ. You have neighbors, you have work colleagues, you have fellow students, friends, and family who don't yet know the Lord Jesus Christ. And we all have the privilege of being able to tell them about Him that the Lord is good and his mercies endures forever. Well, I've got nothing to tell. You have a wonderful testimony. You are a Christian. The Lord has saved you. The Lord has delivered you from a dominion of darkness into a wonderful kingdom of light. Amen. We've heard this morning testimonies of healing, of, polyps, of, of a letter from a doctor saying, everything is well. I'm not arranging any more medical treatment for you. Praise the Lord. Go and tell somebody. Someone else over here says, uh, I want to pray. I heard something else from another nation, but someone who had cancer no longer has cancer. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Go and tell someone. Amen. We have a wonderful story to tell. Yes, amen. A wonderful Lord to tell people about. Amen. And really when we find the disciples in Acts 1, there's still a little bit of a disconnect with what the Lord has been saying. And sometimes that can creep into where we are as well. You see, the Lord Jesus, when he walked on the earth, his chief priority was to talk about, to act about, and to demonstrate the kingdom of God. Wherever he went, he talked about it. He talked about it in parables. He talked about what the kingdom of God was like. He talked about what people were like in the kingdom. He talked about it all the time. Then he went to the cross, and he was raised from the dead, and he stays around for another 40 days, and he talks about the kingdom of God. Kingdom of God, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God. And yet the disciples here, when they're with Jesus, just before he's about to uh, leave them, they ask him this question, Lord, Lord, Will you now restore the kingdom to Israel? And they're still not quite getting what the Lord has been trying to tell them. Lord, will you now restore the kingdom? I've prayed similar prayers. Perhaps you have. I'm not saying they're wrong. I'm just saying that they only go so far. The Lord has greater clarity for us. But perhaps you've prayed things like this. Lord, when are you going to do it? Lord, when will that person be saved? Lord, when will that person in my family be healed? Lord, when will revival come? Lord, when will you do it? And the disciples asked the Lord a similar question. Lord, at this time, Are you now going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And the Lord's answer applies to us just as it applied to them. It's not for you to know about times and seasons. They are set by my Father and in his authority. He's never let you down. He's not a man that he would lie. You don't need to worry about times and seasons. But here's what you need to be concerned about. You will receive power. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses. You don't need to worry about this. You need to worry about this. Don't concern yourself with the times. Don't concern yourself with the seasons. Don't concern yourself with the things that the Lord Jesus knows about and has in great control. Concern yourself with the one thing he's asked us to do. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses right where you are and to the ends of the earth he's so kind he doesn't let us make us do all of it he just gives us one thing to do as a man who suffers from multitasking a phobia that is a great thing that's all i've got to concern myself with i don't need to worry about that the lord's got that under control i just have to concern myself with this he's called me to be his witness i'll do the timing you just do the doing where his witness is And he gives them a clear instruction to stay in Jerusalem, not to leave until the promised Holy Spirit has come. And so we carry on reading through Acts 1, how Jesus ascends into the heavens, sits down at the right hand of the Father, how Matthias is chosen as the next apostle. Then we get into Acts chapter 2, the day of Pentecost, fire falling, tongues, speaking in tongues. They break out from the room and where they are. And every known language in the world is there and everyone hears the amazing gospel of Jesus Christ. Something breaks out. I love that, the fact that Jesus promised you will receive power when my Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses. And the first thing that the Holy Spirit does when he arrives is empowers them to go and be a witness. He is a God of his word. And he's the same Holy Spirit today. He hasn't deteriorated over time. He hasn't spread himself so thin. Well, I hear great things in that nation, great things in that nation. He is fully God. The Holy Spirit that you received is the whole portion. And he's empowered you to go and do what he told the disciples to go and do. You will be my witnesses to the ends of the earth. Because he knew the job wasn't done. It was just getting started. And today, that's the same. We'll come back to the book of Acts in a little while. Uh, last week, I was on a holiday with my family down in Devon. I had a wonderful time. And one of the places we went to visit was Paint Zoo. We crammed a lot in our holiday. Uh, but who hasn't got time for a zoo? Amen. Um, I love zoos. I love giraffes. I love majestic animals. There's, you know, the, the big attractions that people go to, they go to see the big things. They go to see, where's the rhino? Where's the hippo? Where are the lions? Where are the tigers? Give me a monkey. Someone give me a monkey. Where are the meerkats? They're not big, but wow, who doesn't love a meerkat? And that's where we are going. So you get your map, and you begin to plan your route, and you want to please everyone. So it's quite a circuitous route through painting zoo, trying to find all these things. And at the same time, while we're walking around, there were these birds just walking around. They're not in cages, but they're whopping things. They're huge, peacocks. And they're just strutting around, just looking, feathers back, looking, not doing much, pecking occasionally, getting in the way occasionally. But that's not what I want to see. Who wants to see a peacock just walking around? Where are the lions? Where are the tigers? Oh my, that's what I want to see. But suddenly, little boy peacock sees little girl peacock (laughs) and suddenly it's peacock time because this bird which no one is really paying any attention to just walking around just a part of the crowd maybe going to see the lions maybe going to see the tigers suddenly stops and does this shaking thing and suddenly we've got plumage plumage everywhere and it just rises and gets bigger and it didn't matter what people were going to see the monkeys the hippos the tigers the lions the giraffes the elephants everybody stopped to look at the peacock because it was glorious it was magnificent and everyone went wow everyone apart from the lady who was the wrong side of the peacock and it was stuck (laughs) against the front stop shaking everyone stopped suddenly it didn't matter that there were like so many hundreds of exotic animals in this zoo I was transfixed beautiful bird feathers, the colours just shimmering and shining absolutely magnificent you think God what a wonderful creator you are and then the moment passes and (laughs) and you walk on what just happened where are the giraffes? <laughs> but these peacocks were everywhere. Absolutely everywhere. Just walking around. We're having lunch, sitting at a picnic table. Thinking, oh, another peacock. Have a bit of the sandwich. Have a bit of this. Chasing off the seagulls. Thank you very much. Suddenly, boy peacock sees Gil Peacock again. Oh, my goodness. It's going to happen again. <laughs> peacock o'clock. It's time. And everyone... <laughs> Stunning. The Lord spoke to me through a peacock. (laughs) The Lord will speak all the time. The Lord is speaking all the time. See, the Lord is the creator. And everything he creates says something about him. He can speak through anything. He's not limited by anything. It's time for the church to become like that peacock. You see, Christians are everywhere. Just walking around. Just walking around, pecking a little bit. Just walking around, going around their daily life walking the paths, maybe going to see the giraffes, maybe going to work, maybe going to see uh, friends, family, whatever. It's time for the church, wherever you are, to sense those moments where you think, I'm fed up of just walking around like this. I've been called to be magnificent for him. And it's time for the church of Jesus Christ to show themselves in all their glory you see that's what's going to happen follow me on this that's what's going to happen in the book of acts after the holy spirit comes the disciples go from just worrying about a physical kingdom being restored and times and seasons receiving a promise obeying the promise receiving the promise holy spirit and something happens and suddenly their vision has completely changed and they begin to see opportunities for the gospel, opportunity for the kingdom to come, opportunity for the Lord Jesus Christ. Even though he's not with them, he's present and resident within them by his Holy Spirit. He, they see opportunities for the kingdom of God to be advanced. Yes. It's peacock time for the church. And no one here today needs to walk around anymore with their head down, pecking at the earth. You have been called with magnificent plumage. And when the Lord moves through you and when the Lord moves through me, it's for his glory. But the, lo- the world will stop and watch and say, wow. So much doom and gloom. So much of this. This news headline. And then I hear today of a miracle of someone who's been discharged and the doctors have no explanation for it. And I think, peacock time wow, so much going on. That guy's got his finger on a button. Talking and and having a go at that guy has got his finger on a button. What's gonna happen? The world seems to be in disarray and fear and Christians, we're not shaken. And then we hear a wonderful testimony of a cancer miraculously healed. A doctor perplexed and I think, wow, peacock time. We will be his witnesses. Because he's called us to be his witnesses. Yes. And it's God's opinion about us that counts. That's right. Amen. Amen. So turn over the page to Acts chapter 3 for me, please. I'm sure many of you will be familiar with this passage, but I'd like to read it again, just the first ten verses, just to illustrate what I'm talking about here. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer, three in the afternoon. But what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. And taking him by the right hand, he helped him up. And instantly, the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. And when all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. A man waits all his life looking for change, looking for a handout, looking for something. And his life is never going to be the same. Why? Because a, a, a big pot of gold, a big pot of silver? No, peacock time. Something happened. I don't have what the world says you need. I don't have, John, you got anything? No, I don't. That's fine. This guy doesn't really need that. What he really needs is this. And we've got it. We've got it. Witnesses speak in the name of Jesus and in the power of the Holy Spirit. We act as well. In the power of the Holy Spirit. Verse 4. Look at us. You have a wonderful testimony. You can demand the attention of the world. You can demand the attention of your friends and family and neighbors. Just by sharing what the Lord has done for you. Look at us. And let me tell you this. And I promise you this. When you start to talk. About what the Lord has done for you. People will give you their attention. And something within them, an expectation will rise within them that they're about to receive something. Maybe they can't even verbalize it. But I know that the Lord is stirring the hearts of people to receive the gospel. He has set eternity, Ecclesiastes tells us, into the very heart of every person on the face of this planet. And when you start to talk about an eternal God and what an eternal God has done for you in your life, something within them just begins to respond you can demand the world's attention look at us silver and gold it's not what you really need but what i have is what you need and i give it to you in the name of jesus amen the world is amazed the man gets up leaping walking dancing rejoicing straight into the temple Leaping, dancing, praising, and the people are amazed. You read just on a few more verses, we get into Acts chapter 4. And now so many people have begun to hear and respond that the church has gone in a very small space of time to over 5,000 people. Why? Because the world sees and is amazed. Why peacock time? Just on their way to a meeting, Peter and John just walking Thinking I'm, I'm going to a prayer meeting. Here's the guy who always sits there. Speak up time. I'm not born just to keep going. It's time for the church to be who the Lord says we are. We are his witnesses. Amen? Amen? Turn over the page to Acts chapter 4. From verse 5, you see, now this has caused a little bit of a problem. Not for the Lord. For the people who were religious. The next day, the rulers, the elders, and the teachers of the law met in Jerusalem. Annas the high priest was there, and so were Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and others of the high priest's family. They had Peter and John brought before them and began to question them, By what power or what name did you do this? Then Peter filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, it's peacock time. Oh, uh, 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 well, let me just try and explain what happened. No, no something happens to Peter. Yeah. Something happens, filled with the Holy Spirit. Peter says to them, it's peacock time. Let me tell you what has happened. Let me tell you what's just gone on. Let me tell you what is really happening here. And this proves a great problem for the religious leaders. Because they've never heard anything about it. But Peter opens his mouth and begins to speak about Jesus, the cornerstone, who was raised up but rejected by men. That there's no other name but the name of Jesus, by which men can be saved. And then you get to verse 13. And I absolutely love this verse. The religious leaders took notice that these men had been with Jesus. They noticed, these people have been with Jesus. Quick question, whose company do you keep? Whose company? If we want to do this, if we want to reach the city and the regions beyond, whose company are you keep keeping? Let the world take notice that you have been with Jesus. Religious people have got a problem. I thought we would got rid of Jesus. I thought we would got rid of him. And now it's as if he's turned up in all these other people as well. I thought we'd done away with him. I thought, I thought we crucified that guy. I, didn't we bury him? Didn't we try to cover over that resurrection nonsense? Wasn't it some sort of conspiracy? Isn't he gone? I haven't seen him for ages. It's like he's still here. Walking around in the lives of men and women who had been with him. It's exactly what had happened. It makes sense of that strangely beautiful but slightly crazy statement Jesus seems to make when he says to his disciples, It's better for you that I go away. And you think, How is that better? Jesus, no, stay, stay around, do more of what you're doing. And Jesus knows all around, no, it's better for me to go. Why? Because I'm going to send one who will live in each one of you. And it's not just Jesus in one physical geographical location. It's the spirit of Christ in all the world going out. And the things that Jesus did, you can do where you are and you can do where you are. Yes, amen. I thought we got rid of him. And here he is again. That's exactly right. And he's the same Holy Spirit. Yes. You will receive power. Yes. Don't worry about the times. But you will receive power when my Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses. Amen. 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 And so they forbid Peter and John to speak anymore. In verse 19, it's peacock time. Peter and John replied, Which is right? in God's eyes to listen to you or to Him. You be the judges. As for us, peacock time. We cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. You have to decide who you're going to listen to. The world will try and keep you quiet. The world will try and button you up zip your lip, give you reason not to say anything but just to go about daily life, walking the streets, going to work, loving your family, being a good person. It's okay, but the world wants to keep you that way. (sighs) But not for us. Not for us. For us, we cannot help but speak about the things we have seen and heard. We are his witnesses. Church, it's peacock time. It's peacock time for the church. Every single one of you here, whether you think, no, I love sharing my testimony, I'm really good at it, or you may be here thinking that I, I, I want to do it, but it scares me. The idea of it, it just fills me with fear and dread. You know what, the Lord can set you free of that this morning. Because greater is he who is in you than he who's in the world. And there are so many opportunities You just have to open your eyes. I was reminded this week of just praying and spending some time with the Lord, asking the Lord to remind me about my life. And when I came back from America, I was living in in Leicester at the time, about to move back down to South Wales. And I had no car. And some good friends of mine, Jonathan and Sarah Cooper, who are faithful friends who are here this morning, they gave me their car. I loved it. It was a red Astra And as far as I was concerned, it was an L-reg. As far as I was concerned, it was the only red Astra on the planet. And I was so happy because it even had the stereo in it that Jonathan had while he was at Covenant College playing his Anastasia song so loud. It really (laughs) packed out a sound. It really was great. And I would drive around this so thankful to the Lord. But the strange thing happened. Wherever I went, all I saw was red Astras. I'd never seen one before. I'd seen Jonathan's and now it was mine. Uh, I loved it, but now, red astras everywhere, red astras, oh, what, what's going on? And the Lord spoke to me, he spoke to me about opportunities are all around us, this, what you've received from the Lord is not just for you, it's not just your red astra, there's opportunities all around you, you just have to look up and open your eyes, opportunity for the gospel. Opportunity to pray for the sick. Opportunity to reach out. Opportunity to bless. Opportunity to show kindness. Opportunity to express the love and kindness of our Lord Jesus Christ. Opportunity to speak. Opportunity to speak. Opportunity to speak. Opportunities are all around us. We just have to look up. And the peacock, when he's looking, he's got his head right up. And it's peacock time. Opportunities all around us. Why? Because you will. Receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses. Amen. Amen. We've got a little bit of time before we finish now. What the Lord put on my heart to do is simply this. I'd like to pray this through. I'd like us all to be involved with this. In a little while, I'm going to read a passage of scripture from Acts 4 that goes on. For what happens when Peter and John return to the other uh, disciples. I'm going to ask us to stand and I'm going to ask us just where we are. Just to pray for one another. We're going to call on the name of the Lord together. We're going to see from Acts 4, something happens when we call upon the name of the Lord. He's going to do something for us today. He's going to fill you afresh with his Holy Spirit. And He is going to pour out a fresh measure of his boldness and his courage. Why? Because you will receive power. And you will be my witnesses. And if something has struck according to you today, you think, I don't, wa- I don't want to be the shy one. I don't want to be the peacock just looking down. I want to be able to speak. Then there's something for you, but you've got to lay hold of it by faith this morning. And the Lord will meet you where you are. Amen. So, church, will you stand? Would you find yourself just where you are? You don't need to move too much, but just in little groups, seven, eight, nine, just where you are, if that means just turning around. Find yourself in a little group. Make sure no one's left alone. No one on the outside looking in. I'm going to read now from Acts chapter 4. And as I do, I want you just to begin to call upon the name of the Lord. I'm not trying to manufacture anything here. This is over to you with what you've received, what you've heard, to put it into action and call upon the name of the Lord for it. And then after I finish reading... I believe the Lord is going to just pour out his spirit. And for those who want it, just lift your hands. You will receive a fresh anointing and touch of the Holy Spirit today to go and be his witnesses. And then I'd like you to pray for one another. I'd like you to confess the truth over one another. You are full of the Holy Spirit and you are empowered to be a witness for Jesus Christ. Amen? Okay. I'm going to read Acts chapter 4. This is verse 23 to 31. Just listen. If it helps you to close your eyes, please do. And just be stirred in your faith now. On their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, You made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David, and said, Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Indeed, Lord, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. But now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Church, let's just begin to call upon the name of the Lord now. Fillers are fresh, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord God, you've called us to be your witnesses. Thank you, Lord God, we have a great testimony. Oh, Lord Jesus, we love you, Lord Jesus. Holy Spirit, come. Do what you do. Fill are fresh. Hallelujah.